0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. As always, I'm Kevin. And I'm Daniel. And this is episode two. We made
1: it, buddy. We did. We didn't give up. We didn't. I wanted to. Despite how rocky that first one was.
0: I wanted to give up halfway through episode one, which was I think about four hours into... Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, so we're, we're playing with the space a little bit here. You know, we're trying to explore it. This is our first podcast, sort of. I've done podcasts before. Yeah. But they've never been like, let's go to a studio or some shit. It's always been... Well, like this, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Get me drunk in your apartment.
1: Yeah, isn't it usually you doing it with like some dude over like a, like a webcam or something? Some dude. I tell
0: you his name all the time. Burke? It's
1: Burke. Burke, okay.
0: Good old Burke. We do the uh, Nerd Farmcast, I think it's uh, That's called. what it's called? Probably. I... <laughs> hey, man, I'm just told where to go and what to say. Yeah. I don't know anything else about it. But um, I do need to apologize because as is... The last episode was super fucking long. That was like our note from everybody. They are like, dude, this was like two hours. Like, what's wrong with you? We don't want to do that. We're trying to trim the fat, shape ourselves up. And in doing so, I also need to apologize specifically to you, Daniel. Hmm. Because I remember I upset you very badly in the last episode when I used a, a euphemism that you weren't familiar with uh it was like um earwax sex oh god i hate this and we were talking about it again and you let it lie you I let did. it drop like an anchor in the middle of the podcast you didn't say shit i, I thought you would riff with me a know. little bit nothing happened you dropped it there but i remember a- after the fact very soberly you looked at me and you're just like hey um next little note little editor's <laughs> note here if uh next time we could never ever use the phrase earwax sex that would be great yeah <laughs> And I agree with you. Yeah. I was drinking, and I, you know, I told him today not to let me drink as much yeah. as the last podcast. And it's gonna be a tighter ship, kids. For no, sure. no earwax sex, which yeah. is a terrible analog for anything. I don't it, know
1: what I was trying to describe. It, it was. You got your point across. <laughs> I don't I think, think I did. I now know that you hated Overwatch when you first played it.
0: I, oh, and that's another point. I love Overwatch now. Yeah. I think it's fucking sublime, actually, yeah. only because like you know we started playing and having fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when I got out of my loan with mood, you know, I stopped having that earwax sex. You know what I'm saying, Daniel? I know what you're saying. With Come that on. earwax sex? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad so, I brought it up. Yeah, well so before. we got that out of the way. Mm-hmm. It's, out of, my, it's out of my system. It's out of my system. So, today, a part of this tighter ship at the save room, mm-hmm. <laughs> we've got some news items for you, and I'm just going to jump right into it. Daniel, if you have something intriguing to say to me, just give me that nice little wink. I'll give you a wink. Give me a practice wink. Oh,
1: man. I learned that from my grandmother. You guys should have
0: saw that. Yeah, that's good. That. <sighs> he's trembling. You can't even learn that. No. Anyway, number one, today's item here, is EA says the Mass Effect trilogy isn't being remastered. In an interview with IGN, EA's COO, Peter Moore, eradicated any lingering hope in the galaxy that the PS4 and Xbox One would see Shepard Saga remastered. Here quoteth the Moore, We're a company that is focused on delivering for the future. We just feel like we want to go forward. There's a little thing called Mass Effect Andromeda that we're totally focused on at Bioware and it's going to be magnificent. (sighs) So this kind of sucks because I definitely would have jumped day one on a Mass Effect
1: trilogy. I think you would have too. the same actually because I still even haven't played the first one um, all through. Really? Yeah. Like you didn't beat it? I never played it. Um, I I just never played it. When I picked (laughs) up uh, Mass Effect Two on the PS3, they had this little interactive comic that you could go through that basically set the events of one and transition them into two. And then um when the trilogy finally did come out for the PlayStation Three, like I don't know, like a year or so after Mass Effect Mm -hmm. Three came out, I bought it and then I ended up giving it to my girlfriend. So it was one of those things where it just didn't, I didn't stick with me. I didn't get to replay them. So I had in my head, okay, one day they're gonna remaster all of them, and yeah, I'll play them again from start to end because I had a blast when I was into it. And now,
0: no. And it's, yeah. it's an interesting thing, because I know they, they got a lot of teams over at EA, they got a lot of things that they're working on at once, and mm-hmm. it's never like there's a team that just doesn't have anything to do. And they're yeah. like, you know what, fuck it, remaster something. Like, no, 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 that's not what's going on. But I understand there is uh, a huge, huge demand for a remastered collection, but I think on, on the dev side, their question is kind of like, so what would you rather see, a new game or yeah. the same games? And NetherRealm had the same question posed. I remember right before MKX was announced. Mortal Kombat X. Uh, people were, There was like an outpour on Twitter going like, where's MK9 HD? We want it on PS4 and, P- and Xbox One. I would have loved to play that fucking game again. Same. But they were just like, would you... Like, Ed Boon himself was like, would you rather have like a new game? Yeah. And people were like, well, yeah, but I like this one. But, you know... When was that in discussion? Was that before... That Mortal- was right before they dropped it? I remember seeing on Twitter. Okay. Right, right before they dropped the news about MKX. Okay. And it was exciting as fuck. Cause, oh, new Mortal Kombat! But at the same time, I would still love to see a remastering of that game.
1: I would, too. They had a lot of um, cool additional characters that came post-release and all that stuff. So it would be cool to see it eventually, but I don't think right now.
0: Yeah, probably not. But we're going to move on. I got item docket number two. Sony wants to pursue the mobile market because of Pokemon Go. <laughs> Sony's chief executive, Kaz Baby, Don't You Lie, Hurai, says the Japanese juggernaut will aggressively will be aggressively entering the mobile market. The reason... In his words, Pokemon Go is a real game changer. I'm very interested in the fact that it has the potential to really change the way people move, literally. Sony already has a dedicated mobile studio in place called Forward Works. No games have been announced yet, but Hirai wishes to integrate AR functionality for future releases. I think we're about to see this happen. I think so We're about to see people notice. I mean, something this big doesn't happen in the industry, and nobody responds. You know. So I, I, I hope we... What I hope to not see is Pokemon Go clones. I want to see just a very general idea. We're going to do AR games with established properties. Yeah. Or maybe even new games that, you know... Hey, we're a dedicated developer for this. We're going to give you new experiences based around AR. We're finally going to give you mobile games that fucking matter.
1: Yeah, That's what I wanted to see. Because I think for the longest time we were getting mobile games that really didn't matter... No. There were just time passers, uh, ways for developers to make money just kind of on the fly through like Bitcoin transactions, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be awesome to see the mobile gaming market become more substantial and valuable to the gaming community as a whole. And I think Pokemon Go really set the bar high with that one. I mean, I think honestly, Pokemon Go itself, I think it sucks. No, it <laughs> like it's a... super shoddy in all of its mechanics yeah. and it's not a great looking game. It looks like garbage. But it's a good gateway yeah. for other developers to get in there and say, let's get serious about this space you
0: know because obviously every motherfucker you know has a phone in their pocket yeah why not take advantage of that and stop making these goddamn bejeweled clones make something interesting finally and i hope they go that way and the other flip of the coin it's like are we gonna see some shit where it's like all right man you gotta jump in traffic and chase down crash (laughs) bandicoons with your fucking phone i would love that oh my
1: god that'd be crazy or like frogger (laughs) go where you are actually jumping in the middle of traffic as frogger
0: amazing yeah let's Fucking, actually, that's our idea. No, yeah. Nobody gets that. That's a, go. that's a Save Room Industries uh, original idea. All right, so number three on the docket, I've got Batman Return to Arkham is slated for October. Ooh. Originally dated for July, the current-gen remasterings of Arkham Asylum and Arkham City were delayed indefinitely, citing performance issues and other jargon that culminates into shit's all goofed up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a dark day indeed for our dark night. The collection... Which runs on Unreal Four, grapples on both PlayStation Four and Xbox One on October twenty first, priced at forty nine ninety nine. So I am glad they figured out whatever the fuck was going on with that. Um, I noticed there is no mention of a PC release, which is not yeah. surprising because WB all but abandoned Arkham Knight on, on PC because there, there was so many fucking problems with it; it just wasn't running. Yeah, which is interesting because it's like, don't they make? Isn't the standard game made on PC architect, architecture first? I I believe so for most games, and then it's kind of a porting process afterward. It it just—it still kind of astounds me that—I mean, again, I don't know that much about game dev to to have a you know a big say in it, but uh, it just kind of—it's like confusing. It's like, so how do we go from making it on PC, porting it to consoles, and then have it not fucking work on PC anymore?
1: Right. It's such a weird, but. Whatever, I'm so excited. You think you can go back and play those? I think so. Um, so what's included? It's Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, and then what's the third one? Is it Arkham? No, there's no, there's no third, my friend. Okay, so it's just, yeah, uh, yeah, so Origins gets like the boot. Sweet.
0: Yeah, which is you Cause know, that was people,
1: very forgettable.
0: People treated it like the redheaded stepchild of the series, but honestly, it didn't do anything bad. It played exactly like City. Yeah. It had a decent story. It, it felt like a big DLC. Okay. That was the thing, and that I, I feel that's a. A lot of games that do, like, this kind of prequel or offshoot, they all just feel like big DLCs nowadays, like uh, Borderlands. Borderlands is sequel. the pre It's yeah. like the biggest where it's like, this is a fucking DLC, my dude. Like, don't don't try to put the veil over my head and act like this is, like, three at all. Yeah. <laughs> or, oh, what was the other one that did that shit, too? Oh, yeah, Gears of War. Okay. Gears of War Judgment. I know you didn't play that one, but it, it was did, just huh? like, eh. <laughs> I mean, Origins, it was fine, and I'm almost kind of upset to not see it on the collection, because I think that would give, like, kind of a fullness to the set, but... Whatever. I mean, two fantastic fucking exactly. games are coming out again. That's yeah. great. I 100% at least City. I don't know if I did it for asylum and I, I don't know if I have the strength in my body to go back to do, do it that again. again.
1: Cuz a lot of what was more difficult in that game for the trophies at least yeah. was um the challenges. Um all the I That's why yeah, that's yeah, where, the, where I would the get brawls. Um,
0: yeah. I was good at the brawls. I'm yeah. fantastic at the brawls. I'm shitty at sneaking. That's not me. Mm-hmm. Like, my my version of sneaking is like, you know, walking in and throwing a grenade in the middle of the room. And like, hey, guys! Like, that's... Anyway. Number four. (laughs) Nintendo will be giving away an NX to a European Splatoon champion. Such a loaded title there. Uh, (laughs) ESL's Go for Splatoon tournament begins September 11th and will span six rigorous months of teams splatting each other for dominance. The tourney comes to a head sometime in 2017 when the winners from each month's cup throw down for a chance to win Nintendo's latest and greatest, a system that, as of this recording, is a still a complete fucking
1: mystery. <laughs>
0: That's interesting. This that is interesting
1: that. to me because I didn't know Splatoon was so big that they even had tournaments. Um, it, it's got high fucking marks. Yeah. I mean,
0: we don't have a Wii U in the house, no. and as far as I'm aware, we're, we're really not going to change that. But as far as... Not uh, if I have a say. Whatever. As far as the first party games go, Splatoon
1: is a uh, definitely a head turner from what I understand. Okay. Um. So in the tournament circuit, it's probably up there with, like, Super Smash Brothers. No, not at all. No? Nowhere near okay. <laughs> Like, Super Smash is
0: overtaking shit like Street Fighter. Yeah. Like, I was over at a uh, Dream Hack back in Austin, like, earlier in the summer, and I was literally in the tournament room, and Street Fighter fucking 5 was going on on one screen, and then they had Smash for Wii, I think Wii U going on, mm-hmm. and... Smash had the bigger crowd. People going fucking nuts. Where Street Fighter, people are like, oh, yeah, that was a good, that was a good counter right there. And like, no. Like, no one really gave a shit. I think the Street Fighter Five got a lukewarm reception
1: anyway. Yeah,
0: but I haven't seen anything for Splatoon mm-hmm. as far as like oh, a tournament circuit goes, but weird. And then they're dropping a console on the winner's head, like, here you go, here's this thing that we haven't even really talked about. But that's pretty cool. That is cool. That's a good win. I hope they get money, because like, yeah. what are they literally giving them? Like $350 worth of... <laughs> unproven console for two years worth of uh splatooning cool my dude number five mario is running on the ios during apple's annual keynote an event in which the expensive technology currently in your pocket becomes uselessly outdated the company announced super mario run is headed to ios this holiday the game sees Nintendo's famed plumber slash athlete slash doctor perpetually run from left to right as players navigate him through 2D levels reminiscent of the new Super Mario Brothers games. A multiplayer mode called Toad Rally is included, where you compete against friends and pull off daring moves for Toad's amusement, as if he were a mushroom-capped Joaquin Phoenix from Gladiator. <laughs> Pricing for Super Mario Run is yet to be announced, which I found interesting. It's not it's not going to be a free game like no. uh, like Pokemon Go was. So obviously I think they're putting more
1: substantial development time into it. Is I hope that's what that means anyway. I think so. I think at launch it'll have more to it. Um, any updates that we would have gotten along the way with Pokemon Go will probably already be there with this game. They're probably going to treat it like, I don't know, how the 3DS titles are treated. Which will be interesting to see yeah. because
0: it, it's Nintendo stepping out of their box, essentially. And this was a conversation that was brought up by their investors. I remember like just a year ago mm. where they are like, we want to see you step into the mobile market. We like your handheld to doing well, but we see the potential for that kind of iteration to be on a device that everyone has rather yeah. than
1: kids have. I think Nintendo has kind of, for what they kind of lack in, in terms of like um, console capabilities and everything, they've always kind of been a forerunner for um, being ahead of the game. I remember back in the I day... I do that. No, oh, I would say... Okay, so hear me <laughs> out on this one. Back in the day yeah. uh, when, I don't know, N64 was just coming out... Um, okay. PCs were becoming more of a thing in every household. We had them in classrooms and everything. And I remember seeing Nintendo, like, typing games, which was a really cool thing, where to teach, like, typing comprehension and and, um, building speed, you would have these games where you basically have to type sentences in a way to basically guide Mario or Luigi through a level. So that was kind of them uh, putting their foot in the PC market very early on. Which is interesting. I I feel like they did an about-face with that kind of
0: uh, innovation, where... it, it. stop being more about innovation and more about we want to be so different from our competition that you can't help but notice us yeah. and I think that shit started with uh, well with the Wii obviously but even the GameCube it was just like no we're not doing DVDs we're doing these tiny little mini discs mini discs and we have a, a line of first party titles that you should care about and all the third party shit whatever but you know and it was just like okay so you're shaped like a purse you're, <laughs> you're a cube I'm sorry you have a handle you do um <laughs> You won't play DVDs, which is like the new fucking thing that PS2 and Xbox are doing That that's impressing the shit out of us. All right, let's see what you have to say for yourself. And I think it had some of the worst sales, <laughs> to be honest with you. It did, but I think it had some of the best
1: Nintendo games on it.
0: And we, I had this conversation with everyone. They always say, like, yeah, but some of the greatest games were on that console. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but when it came out, nobody cared that hard yeah. about it. But And then the Wii did what the Wii did, obviously, which yeah. it went after a completely different market. Um, I think this is one of the better lateral moves for them to make as a company. Uh, If you want me to be completely honest, I'm not the first one to parrot this, uh, but I think they should get out of hardware completely. Hmm. They should be software. They should go the route of Sega. I should see uh, the new Zelda game on my PS4. Wow, that should be really interesting. Yeah, I think their sales would go through the fucking roof if they did shit like that. But, you know, who's, who's to say they're not making good moves right now? Um, because right now from what I understand I read an article actually a little Twitter post saying that Nintendo stocks went up 25% after the Apple keynote hmm. so who's to say they're not doing the right moves and we got another Nintendo item on the list here number six says Nintendo's NX <laughs> it may be going back to cartridges I read that so a report from the Wall Street Journal which is my go-to for all gaming news obviously claims individuals close to the matter and I got some hyphens, some air quotes going up here. Have it on good authority. Nintendo wants to utilize cartridges for game storage instead of the industry-standardized disc format. The move isn't just to tickle our nostalgia prostates, either. And here is a quote from the Wall Street Journal. Industry watchers said cartridges were a reasonable choice for Nintendo's next-generation system, codenamed NX, because the company targets a wider, uh, wider range of consumers than Sony or Microsoft. Nintendo's core fans include small children who might scratch discs but find cartridges tougher the damage. Cartridges also allow games to load faster, are harder to copy, and can be, and, and can be mass-produced faster than discs. So, these are interesting points, actually, as, as far as... Because, like, you know, at first you have this kind of resistance, I did at least, where I'm just like, why aren't you doing discs? Like, yeah. what the fuck? You know, and then, it, then when you come to think about it, alright, let's look at another very successful Nintendo console that came out in the last five years that's all cartridge based 3ds it that's true it already exists it's already out there and uh i know originally cartridges weren't good for storage but we have micro sd cards that can hold 256 gigabytes these days so who's to say how much storage the fucking nx cartridge can or cannot you know, I think that, 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 that's one of the first things to illustrate to people. It's like, okay, this may be weird, going back to this, but yeah. think of it this way. That's a good point. Your kids can't fucking break. This is easy. Harder to lose. Harder to scratch. And we put, if they can prove, we can put at least comparably 50 gigabytes of information on these things. So they're not going to be bullshit games on here. Yeah. You know?
1: We're not sacrificing power
0: or storage or info or data,
1: you know? And then so. you can use that leftover uh, storage on the system for whatever else. Mm-hmm. Uh, downloads.
0: That was a point that I was reading in one of their articles, which is that, uh, look at our games today. We still need patches because 50 gigabytes isn't enough in a lot of instances. Where, hell, that's the whole point of day one patches besides fixing all the boo-boos that the devs couldn't get out before release day. You know? (laughs) And that's taking up your storage, your system storage, rather than putting it on an ancillary device. So, we'll see. I'm super interested to see what this NX actually is. I feel like there's going to be a minute disappointment, as goes with Nintendo these days. Of course. You know, especially for the hardcore set, we're going to look at it and go like, oh. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I I, I definitely think that's going to happen. But if they come in at an affordable price, uh, especially how the Wii was compared to, like, PS3 and Xbox 360, and they have a dynamic range of games like Mm -hmm. fucking uh, Breath of the Wild, if they... They would have my dick perked and punching through Zipper if they showed fucking Metroid. If they brought yeah. back Metroid in a way that wasn't like Metroid Other M or Federation fuckers
1: or whatever the fuck they have going on now. Oh, yeah. They'd have my money quicker than uh, most developers and gamers would. hmm Okay. We'll transition from Kevin's news into a little bit of news I got going on here. Uh, I guess uh, on the weekly, I'm going to more or less handle some releases amongst other things uh, since Kevin is more the news guy. And I really yeah. like talking about stuff that's coming out because, I don't know, I like getting a hard-on for that. Because you're in the moment. I am in the moment. I'm about... The long game, I I like it, okay. but you know, oh okay, all right, all right, see how it is go ahead. I'll let you cover that. Say your shit. <laughs> let me say some shit. Okay. Um. Well, not necessarily in uh the vein of releases, but this is something that is big and that is coming um to PlayStation Plus users everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. PlayStation subscription is going up from fifty dollars to sixty dollars in America and seventy dollars in Canada. <laughs> Sony has stated that this is a reflection of market prices and conditions. This new price is, is going to be implemented on September twenty second. So if you happen to pick up a year subscription prior and add it to your account, you'll be charged the old price. So I would probably recommend stacking subscriptions, okay. having maybe two or three years out, and you know you won't lose too much there. Um, hopefully though, like with subs- subscription price increases for Netflix and other services, we'll see an increase in premium or free content and discounts coming to us because you know no one likes being charged more without some sort of fair compensation or you know incentive.
0: My thing is, I hope it affects the uh, consistency in quality of the games that we get for free. Yeah. Because originally when PlayStation Plus came out, we were getting some fucking heavy hitters coming out. Because, you know, they started digging into, like, a five-year library of, of, yeah, of games. Like, Borderlands really- 2 was free. Yeah. You know, I, that's, like, the biggest one for me. But there's other shit. Like, Deus Ex, uh, Human Revolution was a free one. That's a huge AAA game was to just crazy. get for free.
1: Uh, I remember Tomb Raider was free. Oh, yeah, the it was. one.
0: Right. And then nowadays you look at it and it's mostly they're pushing like indie titles we didn't hear about until it became free. Yeah. And there are some examples where it was like, Thank you, like Rocket League. Yeah. You know, I think that's one of the rare examples of like this this shit fucking hit, you know? But then you got games like the that Fury game that came out a little while ago, which is it's literally a game of boss fights. Like that it's a very uh, stylistic game. It reminds me of uh, you didn't play the game, but it was uh El Shaddai
1: no, back
0: no. in the day. Yeah, it's just style over substance kind of game, and I'm just no. like oh. What happened to getting, like, full-release fucking games, you know? Why am I not seeing shit like, let's say, the latest Killzone on here? Hmm. You know, I feel like we're three years out already. Why shouldn't we be seeing these things? So if there's going to be a price increase, give me a value increase, too. Of course. Don't just say, oh, we're going to give you the same quality service for more money. (laughs) Like, that's what Netflix did. Netflix didn't even fucking say, like, oh, yeah, you're going to get better movies. No.
1: I mean, they kind of promised it, but we'll see what that actually um, lives up to. The
0: only interesting thing they did was the Disney deal.
1: Yeah. Which, but, you know. We're still like waiting <laughs> for that to
0: kind of uh, not go through, but like for a lot of like the Marvel movies to come back on there because yeah. they showed up and, the and then they disappeared gone. pretty quickly, actually. <laughs> yeah.
1: So that's exciting. We'll kind of see where that goes as the months and years go on. Um, in that same vein, uh, we got some pretty cool uh, free PSN titles coming to you, as well as some um, Xbox Live titles. Um, for uh, this not that month, you care? No, not that I care, but you know, I still gotta plug it for our <laughs> Microsoft fans out there. Um, This month on the PSN uh, We have Endured Indie Gem Journey Coming back to you Which was Mm. one of my favorites On the PS3 Uh, Action RPG Lords of the Fallen uh, Prince of Persia The Forgotten Sands Detura And finally uh, For the Vita Amnesia Memories Um, Those latter half titles More or less I don't Not too interested in I might check them out But I'm more stoked On Journey for that one
0: Amnesia uh, like, Like the PC Amnesia Like where you're Hiding around You can't fight The bad guys Amnesia I'm not sure Amnesia? Okay, we gotta check that. Yeah, we do. Uh, that's interesting that they made one for Vita, if that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I downloaded Journey. I downloaded Lords of the Fallen, because Lords of the Fallen, from what I understand, is like a medieval, or, or more of a, a Norse-esque, I should say, uh, version of Dark Souls. That's what I've, I've been reading been. about it, too, yeah. In that dev, I forgot their name, I'm sorry, dev, <laughs> even though I, I bothered them on Twitter a little while back. They're working on a new game, uh, which is essentially Dark Souls with, like, mechs. It looks like Elysium oh, wow. and Dark Souls mixed together. And I say, I made that joke to them. And they're like, oh, it's a little more complicated than that. I was just <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. You should be putting my quote on your box. <laughs> It'll sell more games. <laughs> yeah, because you got to speak confidently on Twitter. You act like you're somebody. I'm nobody. It's
1: fine. I'll still buy their game. Fair enough. And all, for you, all of you Microsoft fans out there, uh, here the games coming to you for uh, gold members. Um, you'll be able to download the RPG Earthlock Festival of Magic. I don't know, sounds fun. Uh, the unorthodox Ubisoft platform, Assassin's Creed Chronicles China, and the game that introduced us to parkour, Mirror's Edge, and that was the first one. Uh, this is a great month to get your hands on some current and last-gen titles that you may not have had a chance to play. That's nice. Yeah, I think so, too. Mirror's Edge? Yeah. I didn't give a shit about Mirror's Edge. I went back to it um, at the end of last year just to kind of play yeah. it, because I was like able to t- check it out for free at GameStop, and it was fun, the mechanics were super shoddy, and wasn't so smooth, yeah. but I think a lot of what it did was really great. and It has a
0: fan base, and it, it, does. it is interesting. Yeah. I just
1: think Dying Light had better parkour, if you ask me. Well, yeah, but there's also like, an eight-year, nine-year difference between those two games. So. Nah, it can't be that much. Uh, I think Mirror's Edge came out in 2007 or 2008, and then what Dying Light was 2015, maybe? Okay, maybe it's... So, a- okay, so seven years, but... That's still like a, a considerable amount of time for them to take a simple element like parkour running and, yeah. and wall jumping and refine it. The sequel came out, Catalyst, yeah. or prequel, or reboot, or
0: whatever the fuck it is. It's supposed to be a prequel, yeah. Whatever it is. um, Sure, I'll give it to you. <laughs> uh, it, apparently people are kind of mixed on it. Still had some of the fun elements of Mirror's Edge 1, but they gave it more of an open world feel to it and it just kind of hurt a little bit, which...
1: Well, which they didn't do anything cool with the open world and it was a very limited open world. I think there were maybe like 20 solid quests that you can do yeah. for like npcs and for the most part they were kind of just fetch quests and it wasn't anything like too uh enriching for the world it just made you explore it but that was it
0: It's it's got la noir fever
1: yeah where it's an open world
0: game that has no fucking business being an open world game like la noir if you go back would have been perfect if it was like a uh like a david cage game or i mean it's a uh quantic dream uh game where it's more. If it was like an adventure game. Okay. Where you can explore around just the same way as you did in Heavy Rain. You know, like check on crimes and shit. Because what they did instead, it's like, all right, there's GTA gunfights in between driving in a big open world that has nothing to do. Yeah, you're right. So but that that's my LA Noir rant that I that I have once a month.
1: (laughs) And we were pretty stoked on that one when it came out too.
0: Don't talk to me about that.
1: So yeah, it's exciting free titles coming to you via yep. Microsoft and Sony. Uh, next bit of news, I'm kind of excited for this one because mm. it, I saw a screen caps for it and it reminded me very much of um, Wind Waker. And I'm all about that sort of action RPG sort of game. Um, I'm pretty stoked on it. So here we got uh, a new IP called Oceanhorn Monsters of the Seas. And it's uh, sailing to the PS4 this week on September 7th. According to creator Corbinian Masando, it is a love letter to all the games he and his team loved growing up. It combines the puzzle elements of Zelda with the larger scale of adventure and emotional levity found in games like Secret of Mana and Final Fantasy. From the character designs to the health bar and item hub, it looks just like Legend of Zelda Wind Waker and looks like a fun homage. You'll explore the islands of the uncharted seas and unravel the mysteries of a mysterious sea monster known as Oceanhorn. It even features music by Nobuo Uematsu and Kenji Ito, who are responsible for the scores of Final Fantasy and Secret of Mana, respectively. If you're needing to feed your sense of oceanic wanderlust and adventure, look no further. <laughs> um, I heard a lot of great reviews about this on uh, PC. People were loving it. Let me
0: tell you about my oceanic wanderlust, tell me about it. my friend. Yeah.
1: It is. It is palpable. Hmm? You could smell it. Yeah. Can you smell it from you're sm- side? I can smell the sea foam and all of, of I love it. it.
0: I'm looking up. I'm looking up some images of this this Oceanhorn because like you you dropped it on me before the podcast, and I was mm-hmm. like, "What the fuck are you talking yeah, about?" Yeah. What
1: the hell? Let's see here. At the moment, oh. it seems like it's just gonna kind of be like a Sony exclusive thing. Um,
0: what do you mean? Because it's saying something about Xbox One here. Does it?
1: Yeah. It oh. says. Well, sorry for the misinformation.
0: Oceanhorn, monster of uncharted seas, yes. right? Yeah. Is now available for Xbox One. Oh, okay. So for you kids out there that have an Xbox One. And for some reason,
1: listen to us. It's available to you. I missed that byline, I guess. Bye By FDG Entertainment, huh? Yeah. That's good. Doesn't it very much look like Wind Waker, though? Down, like, from the outfit down to the cell shading? Oh, almost. it's straight up a Wind Waker clone. <laughs> yeah. Like, the way that the main character looks like. Yeah. I mean, yeah,
0: he's, he's got brown hair, but it literally is almost the same fucking design.
1: Um, and maybe that's what kind of called me, to because I really... Yeah. I loved Wind Waker. I'm, I might be one of the few... Uh, Zelda fans who really enjoyed that game, but I don't know. I was like, it's kind of more the same, and I know it's going to combine other elements of gameplay from like Final Fantasy and Secret of Mana, and I think that'll right. be cool too. So I'll pick it up. Will you? I will actually. How much is this? Like twenty bucks? How much you got there? I think I
0: read maybe thirty. Thirty? It's just okay. There's a check price and availability button okay. on the Microsoft website. Uh, it is. Officially. It's fourteen ninety nine. You can't go wrong for fourteen ninety nine, kids. Well, hell. And it's got a, uh, on the Microsoft website, it has a four and a half stars out of 13 reviews. <laughs> That's pretty good. So far. I'm glad you heard about
1: it. I didn't hear fucking shit about this. Well. But okay. I had my ears down to the ground listening for releases while you are out doing stuff elsewhere in Georgia, so, you know. You're
0: just listening for, like, Zelda clones. You're... Like, when you hear about one, I'm surprised you didn't play Darksiders.
1: And that was a huge selling point uh, that people were trying to push on me. They're like, yeah, it plays just like Zelda. I'm it like, plays like Zelda. It was, like, yeah. cool. And then I saw people play it and I was like, that looks really cool. But at the time, I didn't have, like, a, yeah, uh, what was it, on Xbox 360 at the time? Dude, it was on PS3. Okay, well, my friends who were playing it at the time, they were playing it on 360. And yeah. I didn't really have, like, quick access to it. So I didn't get time to dive into it like they quite did. But, um, yeah, that was one that was sold to me. Too busy with the hooch and the pooch, huh? No, too busy replaying games on the PS2 and my GameCube because I was a poor gamer back then. What's changed? No, well, you're right. <laughs> I am right. <laughs> All right. Moving on to my next bit of news here. This is a hefty one that Kevin's probably gonna like. Oh, fuck. Give me glances and looks about. I'm gonna walk away. Please do. I've kind of dubbed myself in in this day, uh, the Save Room Overwatch correspondent. It's great. It's is great, isn't it? It's fantastic. At least I cover it, so sense. you don't have to. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So I don't have to pay attention. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to pay any attention. Don't get me wrong. I like the game. I do. Yeah.
0: But sometimes this has happened to me before, where mm-hmm. somebody has so much enthusiasm for a game, mm-hmm. it sometimes turns me off from the game.
1: Because you have to find that enthusiasm on your own.
0: And I'm just like, you're not like, our, our our friend Brandon was like this about Journey. Okay. He swears Journey is like the best game ever made. And I'm just like, yeah, it's great. It it has an emotional connection to it and all that. But let's get realistic. It's a two hour fucking game where you walk straight. <laughs> okay that it's it's an ambiguous game and sure it's 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 nice and it's fun but this guy trumped it up like it's fucking 10 times ocarina
1: you know i think it was one of those first instances where we saw an indie game really uh put itself out there as video games as art and i think that's why people kind of clung to it because they saw this really unique experience with it on a lot of different ways because it was ambiguous you could have taken that ending any way you wanted and it really worked a lot to the player sure but the best game ever no it's up there. It's as one of the best indie games for but sure. But that's
0: completely subjective. I understand yeah. that, but the way that he hyped it up just got to a point where i was just like, I'm not seeing what you're seeing, and it's almost annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> We're not quite there with Overwatch, but you go ahead and drop me some Overwatch stuff.
1: All right, so a hefty bit of Overwatch news here. Yep. Um, Overwatch Season Two launched a few days early this past weekend with a complete system overhaul and a steamer the Route 66 map. Eh, I would have preferred Hanamura or anything else, but you know what? Do what you're gonna do, Blizzard. Um, There was a lot of animosity and confusion over Season 1's ranking system, which very simply went from 1 to 100. Blizzard has now implemented a tiered ranking system that tracks your skill rating from 1 to 5,000. Not sure how that's supposed to be less confusing, but whatever. From lowest to highest, the tiers go Bronze, Silver, Gold, Platinum, Diamond, Master, and Grandmaster, with each being representative of a range of certain skill ratings. Blizzard didn't want players to become obsessed with a skill rating based around a number, so you will no longer see numbers next to your player's name, but rather icons, which you can interpret as anything, golden bunnies, bronze bunnies, you don't really know what they look like. Um, Now, say you place in a higher bracket like diamond uh, and drop, your icon will still display the diamond icon of your highest ranking from the season and will not reflect your current skill rating. There will even be stricter group restrictions now for teammates. Um, If you are in the Bronze, Silver, Gold, Platinum, or Diamond tiers, you will only be able to group with those people who are within a 1,000-point skill ranking of your own. For the Master and Grandmaster tiers, you can group within a 500-skill-point rating. This goes for parties as well, so if you're trying to group up with friends, you have to be more or less in the same skill-rating range, or you can't play together, which kind of sucks. A new aspect uh, is that if you are in the top two most tiers, you can actually lose a rank if you go a week without playing, so your rank is kind of at stake now. Um, also being scaled are the competitive points, which is a currency you can use to buy Golden Guns. Before you required to win 300 games, with each win rewarding you 1 point, the points have now been multiplied by 10. Now you'll be rewarded 10 points per win and you'll receive 3,000 points to get a Golden Gun. There will be a soft cap of 6,000 points, but players will still be able to compete and win post-game uh, icons and guns. Another big addition is that Blizzard has removed Sudden Death and altered the amount of checkpoints in Escort Maps. The former is a future that I will kind of miss because I kind of got off to the adrenaline rush of uh, Sudden Death. But on the other hand, it was kind of frustrating losing in the event that like you got to Sudden Death and then you just lost on like, I don't know, a lark. Uh, a draw will happen in the event that after two rounds there is no time left on the clock and that either team um, and yours is the same score. You'll gain three competitive points per draw and your skill rating will not be affected. Other things that are kind of uh, staying the same here, like with Season 1, you'll have at least have to be at least level 25 and complete your 10 placement maps before being placed in the skill bracket. And of course, for fairness sake, carried over from last season, players will still only be able to choose one hero per team. Uh, One thing I've noticed so far that is pretty cool is um, that your ranking is more defined by your individual performance, whereas last season it was kind of determined by your team's performance, which I thought was incredibly frustrating because who wants to be penalized for your team doing poorly? Um, I find it very interesting to see how Blizzard has evolved their new IP to meet the demands and wants of competitive players. Since it is still new in the realm of competitive play, it'll be again interesting to see how they respond to feedback and use it to evolve for future seasons down the line. I know it was a bit to kind of take in there, um, but they really did kind of just overdo the whole thing. Um, and like you were saying to me earlier, yeah, it's still the same game, but they kind of did try something new out just to do it. I just want to point out, um, <clears throat> you've aged me a year. Yes after that one mm-hmm. um cool
0: the ranking system that they're going for it, it, it sounds a lot more and i don't know from firsthand experience it sounds a lot more like league of legends because i know people are like oh yeah i'm gold dude yeah, i'm silver and i'm just like i don't know what the fuck you're saying i don't know what that means to me i don't know what that fucking means i'm glad you're enjoying yourself yeah stop talking to me <laughs> and i'm getting to that point with overwatch yeah again because okay. I haven't picked it up in a little while. You know I put it down for a little while. Ago. For a bit, yeah. And we went through this thing where we were playing other games. And... When I have fun with Overwatch, I have a lot of fun. Yeah. When I'm like not having fun, I have the You're worst miserable. time of my fucking life playing that
1: game. You're shit shaming that game. You're like, I oh, god. I fucking
0: hate every design decision in that game when I'm doing badly. <laughs> and I recognize that. Yeah. But I'm doing well, I'm just like, this is fucking superb. I want to line up every Blizzard employee and just suck them off (laughs) I want to suck them off and then play around with them with their fucking expertise swimming around in my mouth
1: yeah but Uh, when they're bad you want to suck them dry and really just drain their life of everything
0: no they don't get any sucks if I'm doing badly Okay, (laughs) you understand when sucks are given and when sucks are not I don't think they're good sucks and bad sucks yeah Yeah. I mean there's no vindictive sucks I don't know who you've been dating but that's weird yeah well you know (laughs) My life is kind of weird like that sometimes. That's fine. I like you. <laughs> so. So. I just have to ask, is there any more Overwatch you're
1: going to drop on me? <laughs> uh, it's just a, a little bit more news here, and this is a lot
0: more Oh, my succinct.
1: God. It's a little more succinct. Well, okay, that, that covers the season until, I don't know, October, November when it's going to end. So you don't have to worry about it for All a right. while. I don't have to worry about season two? I mean, okay. you'll, you'll have to hear my screams of agony or victory when they happen.
0: I don't have to hear anything because our internet drops out so fucking consistently in this apartment. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that we might as well go back to playing fucking PS3 games.
1: <laughs> what
0: do you have for me?
1: All right, last me. last bit of news and, uh, well, I guess not last bit of news, but last bit of Overwatch news and news on my oh. end. Um, Also, in Overwatch news, uh, the game will be free to play and download this weekend from September 9th to the 12th on consoles, and it will allow players to try it out. At the end of the trial, if you decide you want to download it, you'll be able to keep everything you earn from loot boxes to your level and experience gained. I think this is a smart play for Blizzard, uh, because even though it has been wild successfully in sales and has had millions of players jump on since launch, this will allow the game to reach even more players' hands and cause more buzz about it, really.
0: I do need to give them a a round of applause on that, because they have been just really treating their fans on a higher level, on a higher plane. It's not like they just shit this game out there and are hoping for the best. They've been constantly iterating on it, constantly patching it, constantly listening to what people have to say about it. And I'm just like, in a modern day, it's a little different for, like, let's say, narrative-based games, where it's just like, I wrote a story, here you go, here's what's going on. If something's broken in the game, let me know. Where an online multiplayer game, it needs that feedback from the community to survive. Because it needs that community to survive. So I I applaud Blizzard. They've done a lot to kind of keep this game going where it feels like... What I enjoy, and I've gotten out of this generation more than any other generation, Mm -hmm. is that I can start a game at launch and then come back to it a year later and feel like it's a completely different game. I think Destiny is one of these examples where I'm just like, man, you've added so much shit to this game. And while I still intrinsically have so many fucking problems (laughs) with the decisions you've made... I'm glad you've at least done something to try to yeah. move it forward, and I think Blizzard is doing a fucking champion sort of job.
1: With I that think game. so too. And people were kind of ragging on them at first for you know not having as many characters or maps or a story, but oh fuck off! Every month they've added something new, whether it's been competitive yeah. modes or character balances or new characters or new maps. Like they're slowly rolling it out, and it's all free. You know, I didn't. There was no season pass, so but I think it's great.
0: It's great. They're doing great. Now we've got some big news. Big one. Big news just dropped today. Actually, just dropped today. Uh, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about the PlayStation meeting. Mm -hmm. So we originally wanted to do like a separate little podcast, a little recording to kind of talk about it because we thought it was going to be on the same level as, say, their E3 conference or even the initial PS4 uh, conference, where it's like, man, they fucking they came out of the gates swinging, they hit us in the jaw left and right. Mm -hmm. And what had happened actually was this very soft affair. That kind of confuse their message about what what they want to do going down the line. And at the end of it, I you didn't watch it, but I watched it.
1: I mean, I watched bits and pieces of it. And I'm just I had to go on a coffee run and do yeah, other things.
0: I feel that it was some good coffee.
1: Yeah, I was kind of just confused. Like, what the
0: fuck are you doing? Like, that why did you keep this course? Like, you should have course corrected. And this is like the first time that I feel like, man, you're starting to make some like early generation Xbox moves. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna re- so the big news, the big header. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase for you, was that today they had the PlayStation meeting, and they finally confirmed the PlayStation Slim, which going forward is going to be the standard model for PS4s. It is going to be at $299. It's slimmer, it's sleeker. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then they went into detail, finally, with the PlayStation 4 Pro, PS4 Pro, which was originally codenamed the Neo. Um, So there's been a lot of speculation about this console and a lot of people started comparing the idea of it to how Apple releases their phones, where it's like, okay, so we're gonna do incremental updates to consoles to kinda keep them ahead of the time, to future-proof them, mm-hmm. you know, because PCs are excelling. You know, they're, they're so far ahead of what even our current-gen consoles can do, it only makes sense for a, a company to try to match that rate, to try to give value to their consumers. But this is confusing. So I'm just going to start with um, the official PlayStation blog post here. All right, lay it on me. Andrew House wrote this. I'm going to skip some of his fluff. I don't need it. Andrew House is that that kind little British man that stepped on the stage and, and was supposed to tear the world asunder with the PlayStation 4 Neo-K Pro news, mm-hmm. and it was really a subdued event. So I'm going to start with what he was saying. Uh, so, in his words The new standard PS4 is starting the ship to retailers now And will be available by September 15th For a suggested retail price of $299 He is referring to the Slim Which is going to be the new standard So we're outmoding our launch editions of PS4 mm-hmm. uh, So, it's representing great value for gamers Who haven't joined the PS4 community just yet Our engineering and design teams collaborated to consolidate PS4's high-performance technology into a smaller, more energy-efficient form factor. When comparing the new PS4 model to the current model, we've reduced volume by 30%, weight by 16%, and power consumption by 28%. Despite the sleek design, the new model packs all the same powerful components that have made PS4 the best place to play. (laughs) Um,
1: And I gotta say, I think it's an
0: ugly little fucking console. Um, the the funniest part is that of the two new editions of it, I feel like the original PS4 is like the sleekest looking design. Yeah, I think so too. Like the other two look like prototypes. <laughs> whereas like it was like okay, we finally figured it out, and now it's like oh, we're moving away from the nice ass form fitting PS4. Yeah. Uh, as we'll get into the the Pro is huge compared to the PS4, and the Slim just looks like I don't I don't know it it looks like something Apple dropped on the street. So. Then he goes into information on the go. This is going to be important, so I'm I'm not going to paraphrase. I'm going to do the whole thing. With PlayStation 4 Pro. Our goal is to deliver innovation in the form of cutting-edge visuals and graphics while in the midst of the PS4's life cycle. PS4 Pro, which launches November 10, 2016 for a suggested retail price of $399, enhances PS4 games by supporting the latest in imaging technology through 4K resolution in high dynamic range, otherwise known as HDR, as well as smoother frame rates. Games that already look extraordinary in PS4 will look richer and more detailed, thanks to the more powerful GPU and faster CPU at the heart of PS4 Pro. With more pixels, 4K's higher resolution delivers graphics that are sharper and of greater detail than ever imagined. HDR enables visuals to look much closer to the way your eyes see the real world. Some developers are updating previously launched PS4 games to add PS4 Pro support, while other developers are building PS4 Pro support into upcoming releases. At launch, you'll be able to download patches for games such as Uncharted 4, which are enhanced when playing on the new console. Uh, Future releases that will have PS4 Pro enhancements built in include Call of Duty Infinite uh, Warfare, Horizon Zero Dawn, Mass Effect Andromeda and Days Gone all of which were shown at the presser to varying degree I think the most exciting part was seeing Andromeda yeah. they actually showed gameplay of it of course it was just like this little fucking inch of gameplay of like this dude walking into a vault it, yeah. the, apparently there's vault raiding in the game that's cool I guess <laughs> you know like whatever we'll see what they do with it um, yeah I, I, I'm, yeah. We'll, we'll see what they do it, it looks very Mass Effecty, and it was probably the most exciting thing to come out
1: of the conference where it's like fuck Mass Effect footage and then you're like Oh, I, no I would see that in the uh, Horizon Zero Dawn because that was cool to see more gameplay from that. Of course, but they
0: still show me just you know the main character fucking around in the wilderness. And, and we they... still
1: know less about it than we did uh,
0: during E3. Yeah, I'm looking for like a glut of information on the game. Okay. They, they're, they're giving me like abstract ideas of what the game is mm-hmm. or is what it's trying to be, but I'm not exactly seeing the whole picture as of yet. And I feel like in game development especially, they don't want to give you that whole picture until
1: $60 later. Okay. and I kind of hate that you know but whatever I understand I think they should make the pitch and then that's when we determine whether or not we want to invest that60 dollars exactly but
0: you can look at it inversely I mean gaming only has uh, comparisons to say like film where they can only show us a two minute trailer rather than like oh we're going to show you 30 minutes of this movie and let's see if you want to pay for the rest I get that they're that's what they're trying to do the industry's still young and yeah maybe exactly. there's a different way to go about it but whatever. Uh, Because to me, it just feels like they're trying to keep a lot of what's going on secret. Because in-game design, everything's a fucking mess until it's not. And they need to still do the marketing pushes. And what they're showing you is not necessarily the full component or the vision for the game. So they can only give you inches of it. A little tiny But it's looking great so far. Yeah. So move on here. However, and this is Andy House's words. However... Even if you own an HD TV that does not support either 4K or HDR, PS4 Pro still provides a number of benefits. All games will run in 1080p resolution, and some will even run in a higher or more stable frame rate. If you're a gamer that wants to be at the forefront of innovation, PS4 Pro is for you. Uh, He also goes into how Netflix is working with them to support 4K, 4K streaming, and YouTube is doing the same. Oh, interesting. Um... Now, this is where the... And then they go into how it's going to, you know, support PlayStation VR, which is not to say that your original PS4 won't, yeah. but they imply that it'll be better with okay. PS4 Go Go Pro without necessarily saying you need it to enjoy it at its optimal because they're not trying to scare people, but it almost feels like that's what they're trying to say. Um, and then here's where it gets a little confusing. They've also announced that by next week, we're going to be seeing a firmware update across all models of PS4, Launch, uh, Slim, whatever the fuck that are going to support HDR this, you know, high dynamic range which is basically basically a color trick from what they were displaying and they went to this whole like weird PowerPoint presentation about HDR and like over explaining like, you know dynamic range and this and that and I think Colin Moriarty kind of funny made the point it's like if you have to explain this much about your console for why we should care go back to the fucking drawing board exactly like it should hit you in the face as soon as you see it and you're like I understand why I need this yeah. and that's that's the feeling I'm getting from walking away from this I don't understand why I need this I don't have a 4k television no so if I wanted it just seems like if you don't already have a ps4 and you happen to be a lucky fellow that has a 4k television fuck the slim go for the the pro yeah but if you're looking for an upgrade if There really isn't a substantial reason to do it. Uh, Especially, and this is the embarrassing part, especially in comparison to the Scorpio. Xbox uh, announced at E3 a more powerful Xbox One. And when they say more powerful, they fucking mean it. They do. Like, this thing is like Tim Allen's, like,
1: more power! You know, It, it is out of this fucking world with its teraflops. I, mean, I think it was interesting the point you made where you were talking about um, the Neo and the Slim, or not the Neo, the Pro now and the Slim. The Pro. Uh, yeah. Being kind of uh, transitional systems, uh, whereas the Xbox One S, that was their transition, and Scorpio is their next generation endgame.
0: Right, exactly. Where, <laughs> so the Xbox One S already has a lot of functionality that is supposed to go into the PS4 Pro. Mm-hmm. And our Slim is just another PS4. Whereas wouldn't it be a wiser choice to liquidate a lot of the features from the Pro into the, uh, the slim, slim version? Yeah. And say, hey, this is our PS4 going forward. It's better. It's comparable to what Xbox is trying to do right now. And just kind of go back to the drawing board for what you want to do with, with another iteration. Because when, it, when the comparisons come to it, this fucking Scorpio blows the Pro out of the water. Where I'm just like, shit, I wanted to hear these things. I wanted to hear them drop the word teraflops, even if I don't have a 100% understanding what you're trying to say. (laughs) What I do understand is that you're trying to sell me on more computational power. More computational power means I can have better, newer experiences, or I can even get the most out of it. What they're telling me with the pro is that it's incremental, and they're overclocking a little bit, so I get more stable frame rates. My resolution's better. If I have a great TV. If if there's a lot of ifs with this there, there's no i wanted this to be like you know how
1: iphone does it, where
0: yeah i got the five it's good but the six fucking smashes
1: it you need a reason to need it and i feel like they didn't sell us on any reasons to need the pro
0: not at all and i think the problem was even the whole conference had this air of like oh, shit we got to go through this anyway it's already in production <laughs> you know like we get like obligatory they, they really were blindsided, blindsided by the xbox scorpio they didn't know that was going to fucking happen to them. You know, they look at it and go like, oh, shit. Oh, damn. And I, I feel like, for once, they're not ahead of the curve. Which this generation, they've been fucking doing swimmingly. PlayStation as a brand has been left fucking hook, right hook, jab, 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 jab right into your throat the entire time. Because their messaging was clear, it was concise, and relatable. And now it's just kind of like, well, for the discerning gamer, we have a higher-end PS4. And it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You're just like what are you trying to sell me caviar? We're we're at a fucking bar, dude. What what?
1: Yeah, I think they're just kinda alienating part of the Sony market and it's
0: I feel alienated. Yeah. That that's the whole point of it right now. So we'll see how it goes. It's coming out this fucking year, November tenth, wow. which is another like, oh shit. Like you should have given this some more time to cook. Yeah. you, you know? And it it's embarrassing because you've been using the word embarrassing for this whole event. It's embarrassing because Xbox even took to Twitter and straight up had this little fucking uh, fact sheet where it's like, okay, Xbox One S, HDR support, check. (laughs) (laughs) You you know? And, like, they checked through it. I want to find the original post. It was so fucking funny. But um, it hurts. It hurts a little because I love the PlayStation brand now. I've been swayed over by them. It it happened late PS3 uh, because I was Xbox 360 through and through. You
1: were,
0: yeah. Late PS3, I was like, you're killing it. You're like, you're appealing to me as a gamer, where Xbox is going on this fucking media conglomerate tirade that I don't understand, that doesn't really speak to
1: me. Where Sony, you know, didn't do any of that media stuff well. They did games well. They did exclusives and narratives well. And they brought the graphics. Like, every game ran in 1080p, and they looked great.
0: Mm -hmm. So you're selling me on a higher-fidelity console. Mm -hmm. That's it. Okay, let's go over the Scorpio. They're selling me on a much more powerful version of the console to the point where it almost looks like the Xbox fucking 4.
1: Yeah. You know? And I feel like the capabilities there seem a lot
0: more limitless. Right. And I wanted the PS4 Pro to be that. What I was afraid of was that it was literally just going to be PS4K. And it is. And I... I (laughs) And they tried to mix their messaging up a little bit and tried to make it seem like much more than what it was, but it isn't.
1: You pull away the veneers, and that's all it is. It's just higher graphical output. And Absolutely. Well, I mean, we were talking about this um, pretty early on, I think the week before, where we were on opposite sides of the fence about the Neo at the time, and how you wanted it, and how I was very unenthusiastic about it. And this is exactly why I was unenthusiastic about it. I didn't think there was going to be anything special about it, especially towards the end of the lifespan for the PS4, mm-hmm. when they could have maybe done that one rolling system where it was a Slim, where they had all these features, and right. still used the last bit of I don't know how many years they have left to put out great games and really (sighs) harness the power of that console before moving on to the next iteration for Sony I just they made so many right moves
0: that I had so much faith in them that this wasn't going to turn out exactly as it did I thought I was going to be I'm going to have a dynamic very moving reason to want a PS4 Pro which, Pro, get the fuck out of here. It should have been called the PS4 Plus. Come on. The branding makes sense it, right it there does, for you. Yeah. But we're going to move on from that. That's our piece. That's all we can say. That's what the whole internet's saying right now. Yeah. And we won't know, know more until it basically comes out. However, I do want to say that if you are going to make that upgrade and do not get a 4K TV, they at least said there would be a slight improvement to the games that you're playing. Loading times would be faster. Frame rate more stable so if you're wondering what the difference is there you go my guys
1: (laughs) well we're still gonna be sitting on our original ps4s with that hdr support coming later on at this
0: point i'm definitely like i'm just gonna sit on this yeah you know i don't i don't see a very moving need for it but i think it's time for our topic daniel
1: Ooh, hot Hmm. topic of the week cool don't Hmm. don't plug hot topic (laughs) <laughs> i work there and now from our would-be they sponsors, they only hot gave topic. me two days a
0: week i had to travel fucking an hour from my house to work two days a week folding goddamn t-shirts and look at me now i've elevated the folding licensed
1: t-shirts <laughs> at conventions for, for four days a week for four days a week and you work in a warehouse so shit yeah really heat. really climbed that ladder kevin yeah okay so i guess the point is if, if hot topic will take me back <laughs> So, if you're listening, he wants a job, but he wants it want badly.
0: I want it bad. I know you guys are shuddering left and right, and you're, you're 70% pop finals, but
1: please! And you're transitioning your stores into GameStop. <laughs> but, he needs you.
0: Ooh, we're, we're not getting any fucking ad revenue from them. No. Burn Bridges, episode two. Going into our topic. Drop it on me, Dan.
1: Okay, so this is a, a hot topic for us that we kind of go back and forth with uh, every day. We turn on our PlayStations. <laughs> every day we talk about gaming. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do a trophy uh, conversation here, uh, sl- trophy slash achievements, and this is no new conversation by any means. Trophy talk. Trophy talk. That's what we decided on. Trophy talk 2K16. Um, and mm, No? He- no? You don't like that? Mm-hmm. Let's just keep it going. Okay, trophy <laughs> talk. Uh, Kevin and I talk about our trophy list like we're comparing dick sizes, and it will probably be something that we continue to do on, I don't know, the PS5 or whatever other systems come down the line. Mm-hmm. Um But we really want to talk about trophies in depth, how they've changed gaming, how the way they change you look at gameplay, replay value, and um, really just the sort of overall value gives to an experience.
0: I think that's the important thing to focus on, too, because I remember initially when they came out, there was some resistance, because people were like, you should just want to play a game for the game's sake. Fuck these little trophies. These little feel-good-do-nothings. They don't count for nothing. Yeah. Which is, and you know, that's still basically true, but at the same time, think of trophies in this way, which I like to, which is the replay values there and especially I love trophies that navigate you to parts of the game that you wouldn't have thought to even look for and th- this is again this is by developer sometimes there's some bad trophies they're literally like oh you picked up the controller and played the first level trophy yeah. you'll win or achievement <laughs> you'll win and those those are fun and they're nice to get they're like you know popping Cheetos or Pringles into yeah, your mouth it's kind of rewarding you for
1: playing their game
0: but there's ones that kind of guide you off the beaten path. Maybe there's a side quest you wouldn't even have thought to find if it weren't for there being a trophy lace to it. Uh, you know, and, like a l- little interesting example, something, in, and it's not even like a big, like, you know, part of the game, but uh, I've been replaying uh, Resident Evil 4, okay. which unfortunately, despite our topic, has some shitty fucking trophies. <laughs> it only has like nine. And it doesn't even have a platinum. What the fuck? We yelled about it the last We podcast. yelled about it the last
1: episode, the last lap. We're always It's still upsetting. It. it
0: doesn't take it away from the fact it's a great fucking game. Yeah. Um, there's this one part where very early in the game, you walk onto a dock where there's a lake and there's a boat. You have two options. You can get on the boat, and it activates boss fight. Or, and I did not know this when I owned it originally on the GameCube, nor on the PS2 when I got the, uh, it wasn't really, a, Well, you can't say remaster. It was just a port. Yeah, just um, a port. We we don't say those these days anymore. Everything comes out at once. So if you decide to walk on the dock and start shooting at the water in front of you, the boss shows up and fucking eats you. And there's no way you would have known about that if it weren't for that fucking trophy. Or from, you know, reading forums or finding out. I mean, I I don't test games like that. Sure, you know, in first-person shooter, you're running around just shooting fucking barrels and shit to see if they break or not. But... I would never have thought to shoot at the water and that's a cool thing that I, I saw this whole animation that somebody plugged into the game
1: yeah. that was just like ha ha <laughs> you know it's
0: so fun so interesting it
1: was a fun little like I guess easter egg of sorts but did yeah. it really add to the overall value of the gameplay in your ah, uh, it, it added to my enjoyment a little bit <laughs> gave you a good laugh yeah. a laugh that we laugh about every week
0: right <laughs> I mean, and then there's trophies that ask or tro- tr- slash achievements. Just assume we're saying achievements as well. Yeah. Trophies, I think, is easier to say right now. I think um, so. That challenge you. Challenge you to do different things that you wouldn't think to do in the game, you know? Yeah. And some of them are easy, like get fucking five headshots in a row, and some are a little more complicated. Again, I'm going to use Resident Evil example. We talked oh. about it earlier, because of the games that I've platinumed, Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6, although 4 doesn't have one, Five and six, I have. I went through every fucking trophy oh. in those goddamn achievements, my dude. Yeah.
1: Or I mean, say achievement because I originally played RE5 on 360. But it's dude, semantics it's... at this point. Where there's well, one. Let's, let's make the distinction real quick, yeah. too, because I think when. Um, was it 360 that first launched with achievements? Yes. And the PS3 didn't have trophies. Correct. And I think they maybe rose to that occasion for the more social gamers and to kind of, kind right. of meet the competition and to say, okay, we got these cool in game things it, that you can earn.
0: It was definitely a. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Nintendon't do what Sega does kind of moment yeah. so like Sony was like well we gotta have it too and then they went back and I think after the fact one of the more famous examples Metal Gear Solid 4 yeah. got them patched in like I think like two years after it came out or something um, okay so in Resident Evil 5 there's one trophy where you have to use your knife to literally swat an arrow that's being shot at you fired at you with a fucking bow gun <laughs> out of midair and, you know, it's a dumb little thing that you wouldn't think to try in the game unless you're that kind of gamer. I'm not that kind of gamer. I just want to get through. Exactly. You know, I know those gamers that are fucking, fucking with every little thing in the level. I don't do that. But this made me go out of my way to do it. And you feel good when you finally accomplish <laughs> it. Because it takes a little bit to get that one. It's not just like an easy, like, oh, okay, the game's already set up for me to do that. No, dude, I took arrows to the chest like five times over. Just to do this. Just to do this. And it's so fun. I like these little experiencing the game in different ways that you wouldn't have you're, you, it's it's like you're coloring outside the lines with trophies sometimes yeah. which is really interesting but then there's you sir where you go after the extra challenge that some of these trophies go I
1: do um I guess I'll cite these two more recently just cause these yeah. are some of the ones that I've been hunting for in the past few months um We'll do Life is Strange because that was the one that I most recently platinumed. Okay. Um, You can play through that game um, all story and not even really worry about the trophies, but I think uh, the the optional trophies were cool in that one because the main character, Maxine, is a photographer, and the optional trophies are basically to get all of her optional photos. So you basically walk off the beaten trail or have interactions with characters that you – wouldn't normally have to basically unlock um, these photo options um, to kind of make her take a picture and she'll even make comments about it like oh this would make a great shot let me frame (laughs) it right and it's a cool little thing to make you you know go around and and try and see everything the way she sees it and get all these photos and it's a fuller experience I think so for that game in particular it was
0: especially since there's interactions that you wouldn't otherwise have because I remember there being one moment in that game because I beat that you know uh, pretty much around the same time you did Uh, there's this one character that ends up dying at some point i don't want to really give it away but i never met her originally and then max max had something to say about it and she was just kind of like oh it's really sad to see her go and i'm just like what the fuck but like if you went after that trophy and met her i saw you doing it i saw you playing and i was like oh well that <laughs> that gives more substance some more girth to this story that i didn't <laughs> get and you wouldn't know if it weren't for a trophy
1: no well for me also um in interactive games action rpgs games in general i like to look at every nook in crevice like yeah. i like to see what developers put in there i am a completionist so i like seeing what is there to be found mm-hmm. and i had to go off the beaten and try to find a lot of these because i was like okay well hey there's an alley here what's down this alley oh cool bunch of ants looking like a skull okay let me take a picture of that
0: i got that one They're, like <laughs> just
1: little things like that that were put in there very thoughtfully that they wanted us to find and that, that was a cool experience for me, and I think I got the most full game experience out of that one. Whereas other titles don't really do that, I think Life is Strange did that super well.
0: And yeah, there there's weak trophies and there's strong trophies. Yeah. And I think, especially there there's a lot of early, like last generation, a lot of early examples of just like, you just fucking don't know what these really are for. You don't know why people... Uh, why they appeal to people. Yeah. Like, I remember there was this one fucking game. Uh, when I worked at GameStop, we would all check it out just to get the 1,000 uh, score, <laughs> like, achievement hmm. because you could do it in, like, the first 15 minutes of the game. Really? It was, like, one of the Avatar games. I think it was, like, the Burning Earth. <laughs> okay. And you can... I think there's, like, some wall in the game that you can fucking punch and use all your powers on and you literally get every fucking achievement for doing it. <laughs> that's crazy. And it's just, like, that's weak, dude. Yeah. Like, that's not... That doesn't make me want to go out of my way at all just like all right i'm gonna beat the sword and fuck you game i'm not yeah. gonna play these naturally you know and then we got a little more complicated with it uh, granted there's still some modern day examples of like trophies i'm just like guys this sucks where i love them to death and we've talked about this mm-hmm. i love them to death. i love you naughty dog i do but your trophies are bonkers
1: bullshit bad they don't really add anything uncharted trophies sucks a dick
0: and yeah. to be honest with one, you. One,
1: two, three, and four, all those trophies sucked. I think the coolest ones right. out of all of them were fours, like the hidden trophies. Yes. A lot of the ones that kind of nodded to the older titles, like um, when you're at, I forget where it is, you're um, at this like, beach area, kind of out in the Caribbean, and you do the Marco Polo callback from like the second or third game, and right. you, you get a cool. hidden trophy for that. You're like, oh, that's really cool. That's I, really cool. I laughed about that, because I was like, oh shit, that was in one of the other games. Right.
0: And then, here's one that's the greatest tra- like, travesty of all time. The Last of Us I hate that trophy list you can literally play through your first playthrough the whole fucking game and we're talking this is a substantial game it's not a short game no you know I think it, like it's a 15 hour campaign yeah. or something like that and I remember I beat it on the PS3 and only ended up with two fucking trophies for beating the goddamn game just difficulty
1: trophies like easy and normal right, right?
0: I hated that dude. It just—it was just like I don't understand what you're trying to do here. Are you trying to say let's keep these separate and make it more about the experience? Like whatever your reasoning was, your art school bullshit reason, throw it out the fucking door because I want a substantial list of trophies that are interesting and dynamic. I I literally think like Dead Island had better trophies than fucking Last of Us, and that game's whatever. (laughs) Yeah, you know, even though we have a soft spot for it.
1: I think a lot of that was like you had to achieve a certain level of mastery with each class of right. character that you could be and do X amount of like side quests. But yeah, the Last of Us ones, um, there were, I think, a good amount of them were just beating the game on whatever difficulty and then that difficulty plus. So easy, easy plus. Nah, plus. nah. Um, and then do not of, like. A lot of the other ones were, okay, uh, get all the optional conversations. Uh, do all of uh, Ellie's joke. And that shit's more interesting. Those ones were cool. There needs to be more of that in the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um...
0: Because those really know. enrich
1: the experience for me.
0: Where other games, like a lot of horror games have really interesting trophies too. And like I said, I, I went through Resident Evil 5 and 6. No matter how you feel about them, they at least had cool trophies here and there, yeah. uh, depending on what you do. Like I remember uh, like you have to get a certain headshot with like Pierce in, in Part 6 hmm. on like one of the levels. And it's like, okay, well cool, you actually literally have to go through playing as a co-op character which you wouldn't have thought to do, really, yeah. you know, or, or had a desire to do. But it's like, okay. And you actually find out the co-op character has a different little course through it. Yeah, you're doing the same things, but you're seeing it from his perspective and you go through the level in a different way. And I'm like, that's neat, you know? Yeah. Like, I kind of wish Dead Space 3 had that where you could play as John instead of uh, Isaac.
1: Well, they did um, a bunch of
0: Dead there, Space 3 co-op. co-op trophies. They
1: were co-op trophies. So, like, if you didn't play those with an extra person, you wouldn't get those trophies. There were, I think, maybe... Four to six co-op missions that I never got to experience because I didn't have an option to. That's true. Because because uh, I didn't I didn't play it on PS3 no. and I wasn't I really 60. I like I wanted to because I was like ah, I would really like to pot in this game one day but then I just never did it because I never had anybody to play it with. Um. So, that was cool. But yeah, you're right. Um,
0: I do want to talk about. So we're we're gonna go into the...
1: That's that's the nature of trophies. Well, I want, hold on. I want to say one more thing too. Yeah, I yeah. do like trophies. Um, that. Give you a reason to master the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been experiencing this a lot with um, with Overwatch, where they have a lot of like you know general trophies like reach like rank twenty five, reach rank fifty or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there is there are two sets of trophies dedicated to each character, which basically push you to achieve a level of mastery with these characters that make you get good with each class, each character. Right. And I think those are fun and challenging in a different way because uh, they don't necessarily change how you play the game; they just challenge you to get good.
0: And that's what I'm saying. I like trophies like that that make me want to see everything that's coded into the game. Yeah. You know? Uh, unless it's some bullshit like the Bat Tank from Arkham Knight. <laughs> or that's a perfect example, too. Arkham's The Arkham games have great trophies, man. Great achievements. Yeah. Where you go through different facets of the game, especially if you go after like the Riddler trophies. You get some of the most unique puzzles in gaming. Where it's like a very... You find out how Metroidvania that game actually yeah. is. It's so cool to work through. You know, and then some of the beaten path things, like the little Easter eggs, like finding out that um, Hush has some involvement in one of the games. I think it was Arkham City, uh, the character Hush. I forget what his real name is. He, he was an old fan of, of Bruce Wayne in the comics. Okay. It's such a cool little side shoot, little side avenue that was coded into the game. And you can do that kind of thing. Or Crime Alley. If you visit Crime Alley where uh, Batman's parents were killed, and if you stand there and literally have like, I think it's like a minute straight of just straight. watching, yeah. you fucking get a trophy and it's just like such a weird thing but at the same time, this music starts playing and it's a very, it's a it's a moment that somebody coded it and thought like, alright, this is a part of Batman's character and you wouldn't see this otherwise if you didn't go for this trophy and it's so interesting. And yeah. I just like, I love
1: shit like that. That was cool. That was like a minute long trophy that gave you what felt like five minutes of emotional tumult. Right. Like it was, I don't know.
0: Like you were with Batman in that moment like, oh shit I mean yeah. the the whole Crime Alley thing has been done to death but yeah. that was one of the better examples of it um, but I want to move on to I want to talk to you about this because hmm. I know we've gone back and forth but I want to hear yours because I think they're interesting what are some of your greatest fucking trophies that you've gotten and I mean to say especially what games have you platted my friend hmm. Platinums.
1: okay so I'm, I'm going to do this because I wanted to say this initially, um, and it's a good roll into it. Uh, when I pop in a game, okay. I try not to look at the trophy list anymore. That was something that I really let guide my experience on the PS3, where like the first thing I did when I put that in, boom, look at the trophy list. Okay. And I really let that shape my gameplay experience. And now when I put in a PS4 title, I try not to let it guide me at all. Like, I want to play the game first for what it was meant to be played, and then when I want to go replay it for a second time, right. or even towards the end of a game where I kind of got a feel of what I need to do, that's when I look at the trophy list. And at that point, sometimes it's too late to plot in the game, and I have to go back and say, yeah,
0: you, you know, I've adopted that mentality, too, where I'm just like, I'm going to play the game for what it is yeah. right now, and then there's that replay value. Of like, yeah. I'm going to go back and do all the rest of this. It's not one of my proudest, although I am kind of very proud of it, <laughs> as I played Lego Jurassic World like through and through, like did the campaign, yeah. and said to myself, "Okay, I'm gonna remember some of this to go back." And it took like a year. I put it down for a fucking year. You did. And I looked at my trophy list and was like, "Damn, I'm so close! Like I'm at like seventy yeah. percent." And I just remember out of nowhere, <laughs> like this is like a week ago too. I was just like, "I'm gonna fucking dead set. I'm gonna laser vision this game, and I'm gonna fucking get that platinum." And I did, because it's, Jurassic Park is so important
1: to me as a person. Yeah. I remember when that game came out, too. You're like, I'm going to platinum the hell out of this. I'm like, I know. Cool, man, go for it. It seemed like a, such a an ambitious endeavor, too, because <laughs> the, the Lego games, like those trophies, they're, they're, you know, you have to collect a lot of things. You it takes a lot of time. You
0: have to 100% those
1: games. It takes a lot of time.
0: And there's some games that don't even necessarily want you to 100% them in order to get every trophy. Which, yeah. you know, God bless those games, but this game was like, no, fuck you. You're going to do everything in this game. And I did, man. <laughs> I collected all the fucking, uh, the mini kits. I I got all the red fucking bricks. And you need to get the red bricks to get to the end, too. Because you need those multipliers to get the fucking score modifiers. And it's layer upon layer in that yes. game. I was like, dude, I don't understand how any, like, kid would want to go and do this. This was meant for me. This was meant for, like, the 90s kids that remember growing up, yeah. playing with the toys, falling in love with Jeff Goldblum's shirtlessness. <laughs> it's for me. Hmm. Um... Not my proudest, but I am still very proud of it. Hmm. Explain that.
1: <laughs> the, the proudest trophy moments. Okay, well these are those yeah. are the most recent ones that we did because yeah. I think after our last cast, uh, we, we were just like, okay, we need to play some games. I think that night you sat down with Lego Jurassic World, yeah, and yeah. I sat down with Life is Strange, and then within that 24 hours we both we our, both got platinum. We both had our next platinums, and it was really cool to be like, oh, this is what I did. And you're like, oh, cool, this is what but, I'm working on. But tell
0: me about some of your um, your, your past platinums because you know what I'm trying to get to. I know. Okay, so you're beating around this bush, man. I understand the floor play is happening, but fucking say it. Let <laughs> it happen, man. Okay, Drop so it on me.
1: Here's my problem. Okay, I ran into this issue where uh, my trophy list is split between the PS3 and PS4 because I made my PS3 account with an email that was tied to like my old school account. And when I went to get my PS4, I couldn't remember the login stuff for it or anything. So I lost a lot of my trophies. So I t- I technically have five Platinums on the PS3 and then four on the ps I don't want to
0: interrupt you, but that is a good uh, forewarning for you college kids out there. Do not link your account to a no. college email they reshuffle, they get different yeah. funding, they drop whatever web browser they're using.
1: Yeah. Do not do that. Yeah, that EDU that like used to be there is no yeah. longer present in yeah, 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 the yeah. college that I went to, so I can't I can't get back into that account. That's a little
0: save room pro tip
1: yeah. <laughs> from Kevin and Daniel. So, so it was frustrating cuz like we were talking about how like I would actually probably have more trophies than you did percent-wise and I just I don't know. <laughs> As if. Shut up. I, I go for more substantial things. You go for these don't, little bronze Don't base. make
0: me add my achievements into that list. I'll right. straight spank you.
1: Okay, so whatever. We're talking my proudest <laughs> moments in Platinums. Yeah. Um, I've gotten a lot of easy ones. We'll say the Telltale ones, Tales from the Borderlands. Game Those barely count. Those don't count. Yeah. It's like, cool, you play the game, awesome, you get them. Whatever. Uh, not that I was going to play the game all the way through. Anyway, I was going to fucking do it. Um, my proudest ones, I think, come from... The Dead Space series. I know. Uh, I platinum I know. extraction, which was kind of like a fun rail shooter that came. Did with, you really? Yeah, that came with Dead Space too. Um, this was that's the, like me platinuming like Dark Side
0: Chronicles or those
1: fucking rail shooter Resident Evil games. And that one was hard too because like the rail mechanics weren't great. Shooting was no. very difficult because it was
0: meant to be used with a move. You were
1: playing yes, it on a controller. It was. So oh. it required a lot of like honed in precision that I didn't necessarily have, oh but God. I grinded through it it's uh, like trying to use a web browser in your controller yeah. that's how the game yeah. plays <laughs> the cursor's just so slow the necromorphs are coming at me full speed I didn't, I
0: didn't know how full blown you went I thought you just did the, the main series I didn't know you went off your well, fucking <laughs> so the reason I did that is because there.
1: I was going through my downloaded titles um, yeah. that I needed to get through and delete so I can play more games on my PS3 because I was struggling yeah, yeah. for um, hard drive space um, so that was one that I did Dead Space 1 was the one that I did first I actually had a summer where I went through all three of the main games and I was like I'm going to plot all of them um, I went back to the first Dead Space and I, I had maybe like 70% of the trophies at that point and I, a lot of the ones I didn't have were like some of the difficulty ones right which add a certain level of replay um, for me I like playing games on harder difficulties one of them was I can't remember the name of it but it was like the hardest difficulty and then you had to play it on the hardest difficulty using only the plasma cutter ugh Which was really hard, uh, because you only get so many, like, plasma cartridges as you go along, Um, but if that's the only weapon you're using, the game kind of is like, oh, well, we're going to give you more of those. So I had to go through an entire game of that, which was hard, because you had the line cutter, you had the rip saw blade, and you're like, I want to use those, but I couldn't. I had to restrain and just use this fully upgraded plasma cutter. Uh, So that was one of the ones that I really... It wasn't that much of a struggle until, like, there were certain instances where you had waves of necromorphs that you really had to fend off, and you couldn't do it as fast as you could with other weapons via, like, the Flamethrower or any of the other ones.
0: So you did one.
1: I did one. and then You did two. I did two. I rolled right over into two, and two was one that I never thought would happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember watching you do
0: this, and I was like, I don't know who you've become. Like, you were in a different mode. You weren't even human.
1: No. this this I feel like I was the gamer I was when I was, like, 10, 12 years old, where I was just hardcore dedicated nothing to Nothing else mattered. I, I sleeped breathe, ate, drank, <laughs> thought about that game every second I could um, and I would have sessions that would have like, I would have to sit down for like two to five hours at a time Oh my god! because we talked about this in the past two episodes but here it is again, like I went for the hard to the core trophy, um, which is where you basically beat the game and you only have um, three saves to do it um, which is disgusting when I originally got the game, I had a friend um, named Sebastian who was doing it on PC and he actually ended up getting it Um, And I was like, wow, I'll never get that. Because, like, there was the final boss fight, which is one of the hardest, most frustrating boss fights for me in any game, I think. Where you basically, you're suffering from extreme delusion from the marker um, exposure and everything. And it's basically a boss fight that takes place inside your own head. Where you're inside Isaac's brain, and you're fighting off these necromorphs, but there's Nicole. And you're getting swarmed by these little, like, I don't know, fucking fast little baby necromorphs. And it was just, it was horrible. She gets too close to you, and then you're done. And I thought to myself, there's no way I'm going to be able to play that game on hard, hard to the core mode and get that trophy. And lo and behold, after maybe like a week and a half, two weeks of just being diligent and fucking stubborn as hell and planning out each save and every scare and moment along the way, I finally got it. I fucking screamed. I was so excited. I dropped my controller. I was like, yes, I fucking got it. Was I here? Did I hear that happen? You weren't even here. You I were, wasn't even here. Right? You were doing a like, show somewhere yeah, else. yeah, yeah. Um, Um, But the thing about that was that wasn't even the last trophy I needed to get to Platinum the game. Oh, fuck. At that point, (laughs) I had already played the game twice when I originally played it back in like 2011 or 2012, whenever it came out. And I played it two more times to get to that trophy. And then I had these stupid innocuous trophies that I had to go back and get. I'm like, I don't want to do these at this point.
0: You're like, I did the hardest.
1: Yeah, like, and these are the the sort of bullshit ones that kind of make you play the game in a way that like don't really enrich it, but they just make you do just to do it. Where like one of them was like, it's just challenge mode Bre- shit, basically. Break the glass and uh, shoot 20 enemies out of an airlock, and it's just like, uh, without getting sucked out yourself. And that one was particularly hard for me, and I didn't necessarily want to do it, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway, because that's what I needed to do to get that platinum. So it was just one of those things. Um, that, and that game had a lot of other trophies along the way that kind of similar did the same thing. Um, but I would say Dead Space 2 is probably like my proudest platinum in gaming. Um, And I thought, okay, cool, I'll go along to Dead Space Space 3 and and do the same thing there. But I kind of ran into a lot of issues where I didn't want to play it anymore at that point, and I didn't have the opportunity to go through and play some of the co-op modes, and that was kind of frustrating. And maybe I'll go back to it at some point. Um, Maybe I won't. I don't really know. Um, But yeah, those were fun for me, Um, very much challenging, and really required me to uh, put myself in situations that I wouldn't normally be in. Um, And I think those were some of the last big ones that I got on the PS3. Um, And then moving into the PS4, I haven't really gotten any that I could say I'm, like, incredibly proud of. Because, like, yeah, I played those two Telltale games, like Game of Thrones and Tales. You
0: you got really close in Fallout 4.
1: I did, actually. I got, like, 83% of them. And at the time, like, it was a grind because I had put, like, 90 hours into it. And I was, like, dead set on getting it. And at the point where I got to 83%, I was kind of burnt out. Yeah. A lot of the ones I was missing was like, okay, achieve 100% happiness in a settlement. I, Fuck just, that. I was having trouble getting to that point where I could even get it at like 83%. The
0: settlements were the worst part of that game. That really was. Holy shit. And like I
1: just, I didn't care. Um, and then like uh, do X amount of optional quests, which like they differ from main quests or side quests. Like they're just little optional quests and I didn't feel like doing that either. So I kind of just gave up on that one because it was like, I felt like... By the time I had gotten every single individual uh, trophy for um, each faction and gotten the uh, beat the game trophy, essentially, um, I was just kind of done.
0: I I had. Um, so there's Lego Jurassic World, and there's a few games that come out that I'm just like, I want to get it. But there's always like one or two that are just like, I don't want to fucking do that. Like, I remember when the remaster of uh, Resident Evil came out. Because mm-hmm. that's my thing, guys. This fucking whole podcast is called The Saver. You yeah. should know by now. Um. <laughs> I, I saw some of those achievements. I was just like, I don't really want to go through that. Like, one of them is beating the game in three hours. And I'm just like, holy shit. You have to have that mapped out to a T. need to know it like the back of your hand to make that happen. And then
1: that takes a few playthroughs if yeah. you want to do it the honest that, way. That would be like me with the Dead Space one. Right. Where you have to map it out and really put take notes. But like, not everybody wants to do
0: I that. I don't want to do that. And then there's another one where it's like you have to go through the game uh, only using the knife. Mm-hmm. Which you have to it's such a game-breaking way to go through it you know it's like okay well that's a hell of a fucking challenge you you have to either skip out on most fights including i know there's like one optional boss fight with the with the snake the yawn yeah up in the attic you can literally walk in and like get the item run out um and although some of them are fair because it's like okay i can play the game on easy if i wanted to do that but some of them are like nah my dude you got to play it like on an invisible mode where all of oh, the, the enemies, enemies are, are invisible. fucking invisible. Yes. <laughs> Get no. the hell out of here with that shit. <laughs> you have to just, like, listen for them. It's like it's like you're, it's like like reverse daredevil. <laughs> you have to fucking fight these things. <laughs> what a and slog. I was just like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Um, however, you know, the ones that I found easier to do were, like I said, 4, 5, and 6. Whereas 4, it's only, like, 9 of them, and all you have to do is... The, the only tough part is getting the game unprofessional. Uh, for Part 4 because I think out of all of those games out of, of the action based ones mm-hmm. 4 is the hardest to get down and professional but yeah. if you get uh, especially on the new edition of the game which I mean to say the one that wasn't for the GameCube mm-hmm. uh, you can get a costume for Ashley where she's wearing knight's armor, and enemies cannot pick her up and drag her away. Hmm. So you essentially do not have to worry about her anymore. It's the most perfect fucking thing. That's awesome. She becomes Ellie from The Last of Us, where it's like, you're not going to get killed. Yeah. You're fine. You can take care of yourself for once. Yeah, so that that, that makes it one a little easier. Five I was proud of, because that was like the first one in a little while that I've gotten 100% on, and that you have to play the game at least three times, because, I mean, you could start on veteran, and then you have to be done veteran to unlock like professional Mm -hmm. difficulty um but those are a little kinder toward the end because unlike dead space you get unlimited ammo Mm -hmm. and if you have unlimited magnum ammo we're fucking great um (laughs) like you're fucking you're rolling through like hey by the way (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's fucking great. <laughs> I mean, there's some fights that are just like, ah, shit, this is not going to go my way. Yeah. Like, the Wesker fight's still a bitch because, like, you have to go through, like, a few quick-time segments. In yeah. fact, that's the only thing I made Resident Evil hard was, like, ah, uh, these quick-time segments are a pain in my dick. Like, I hate doing them.
1: <laughs> the ones that weren't originally yeah. in play when they were more survival horror. It's something they added when right. they became action-oriented. Right, And
0: then part six, I know people are, you know, they write on it, whatever. That's a discussion for never. <laughs> um... That one I was proud of doing because you had to play through four different campaigns and do each at least, like, two to three times. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a lot. And I – remember, I got the re-releases on PS4, and I started to try to work on them, Mm -hmm. then I told myself, like, no, man, I got to live life. (laughs) Like, I did them. I have the trophies to prove that I did it on PS3. I don't think I'm going to go back and do it for PS4.
1: I feel like that's something we would have maybe done when we were younger, where we really right. needed to prove something and unlock every difficulty-based item available and upgrade. Right. But like now it's just like, that's. And I have other games I need to play. Now
0: I feel about being more ironic with my achievements yeah. and, and you know, 100%ing like LEGO Jurassic World. <laughs>
1: or, as we both did because it just seemed easy to do. It, it was probably one of the easier ones and it was a lot of
0: fun. Far Cry Primal. Yeah. We fucking 100%ed. Because Ubisoft games are the greatest way to pad your score. They're so easy. Because they're so doable. Yeah. They are doable. It's not that they're, like... I mean, they are easy. Yeah. There's just a lot of them. And a lot... Some of them really require you to absolutely do everything in the game. And I was looking at Syndicate. Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Mm -hmm. I'm like, damn, I'm pretty fucking close, actually. Yeah, If I really, like, set my mind to it, I can get that shit done in a few hours. Yeah. But I haven't really cared to... Revisit because the game's so big, there's so much to do in the game.
1: I think I'm at like a 75% with that one, and a lot of what I have to do is like achieve like 100% on like each memory sequence, uh, do like i don't know five thousand damage with the horse drawn carriages like little things that like i just I didn't really want to do at the time or that were taking too long to do so when i go back and maybe do like the jack the ripper dlc i'll go back and try and do that stuff as well but i think the ubisoft games yeah they're super easy too and far cry primal was just a fun one because like right it was all laid out there and there were maybe like two or three easter egg trophies that like played off of like old far cry games the or, blood dragon one was or cool. assassin's Very creed cool. even
0: yeah that's true um, So, I, I want to take a just one moment for, as we wrap this up, my, my friends. We're not making this one a two hour opus. Um, I want to talk about how gaming was before achievements. I
1: yeah, want to talk do too. a little bit about that. I
0: think this is an important one, really. Because, and just as we were saying, I didn't really go off the beaten path too much, whereas, again, I bring it up again, again and again, but again, you know the name of the show the Abram's show yeah. uh, like Resident Evil 2 and 3 like I would check out every little thing in there and I would be so enthused to find bonuses in my playthroughs like for instance yeah. in part 2 especially you can construct better weapons if you found weapon parts for them mm-hmm. but there's this one sequence where you literally had to you're in an underground train segment And you had to have a lighter on you and sometimes the lighter wasn't mandatory of the character. I think only Leon had a a lighter always equipped on him. Whereas uh, Claire had the lockpick. And so if you had the lighter, you can light this little fucking like flare and the flare shoots through the tunnel, and you're not necessarily sure what the fuck that does. But then you see a little glint in the distance. You get on the train, you go through, you pick it up, and there's fucking gun parts or some shit like, like that. And then you can make a better magnum or, or whatnot. And that was so fucking like, oh, wow, I found a thing, yeah. <laughs> you know? But back in the day, it was like you were in the dark because the internet wasn't as prevalent. No. And the only way that you could really know a game was either you got the strategy guide. Yeah. Thank you, Prima. You're right. Thank you, Prima. Or you find those secret code books, which was I was I was fond of the secret code books.
1: I was more of a strategy guy yeah. guy when I did do it. I tried to not really use them too often because I like to get the pure experience and, and really claim that I did it on my own.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that, and there is a little bit of that too. Yeah. You know? I felt the same way, but sometimes I was just like, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing, yeah. you know? And it was but but how imagine that. Back in the day, you literally, if you were stuck in the game, you'd have to be like I need to spend, like, seventeen ninety nine to get a book.
1: <laughs> Sometimes I would, I would even do that shit. I would fucking yeah. mosey on into a Barnes & Noble just, like, if they had the strategy guide, boom, I would just check it out real quick, leave to the section I needed, and then use that. Ah, uh, dude, I was stuck in
0: suburbia. Like, I couldn't cross the street and go to, like, civilization. I was uh,
1: I was like, oh, I need
0: to have my dad take me somewhere. Well, I, ha- you know? I had
1: this little benefit where, like, my grandfather and my aunt and I, we would go to the mall every Friday, and we would just hang out at the mall, and then we would get... Food court food, or we go to Ruby Tuesday yeah. or whatever, and that was an opportunity to me to go like to one of the bookstores and, and check it out and kind of use that to my advantage. And you're just thinking like, how do I get that fucking gargantua yeah. sword? <laughs> how do I do that? Yeah. How do I get this one mask that I don't have in Majora's Mask? I need the Ultima swords. So I, I don't know. I think life before trophies was really interesting because back then you had no social way of immediately displaying to your friends like, hey, look what I did. Like for right. me, a lot of the games that I did it on um, were the N64 and then the PS2, yeah. where I had all of my achievements on this <laughs> one little cartridge and then like I had would... to bring
0: your memory card around I and did. be like see I know I told you I fucking did this
1: <laughs> see I got all 201 bananas in Donkey Kong 64 it's here oh. I did
0: it I did it I, I did the 200% <laughs> castle on Symphony of the Night I fucking swear to you and like some people would be like the, the castle doesn't go upside down you asshole yeah. yes no, it, but it does, does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and now it's like yeah okay so per- secrets are like divulged in the first 24 hours of yeah. fucking game these days <laughs>
1: So, for me, that became an interesting thing, um, especially with uh, Ocarina of Time, because that was one of the first games that I really, like, 100%ed it in a way, and um, I really held that cartridge coveted. Like, if I let any of my friends borrow that, I'm like, you better not delete over my save file, you fucking assholes, because I spent about six months doing this, like, having six days, like, skipping school yeah, yeah. to just do these things. Pokemon
0: was the greatest risk, because people were like, yeah, let me try it out, and then fucking do a new game, and then, yeah. boom,
1: gone. Yeah. <laughs> you got nothing. <laughs> That was that, horrible. That was one of those games, too, where I became so good at it that I became people strategy guide, where I would have friends nah. call me up, or people who would like not be cool with me or bully me, and then be like, hey, I hear you're really good at this Ocarina of Time game can you help me out? And I'd go over to their houses and I would help them out with these levels and play sections for them. Yeah. Or they would call me on the phone be like, hey man, do you know how to do this? And I'm like, I'm not even playing the game. I could do it blind. I'm this like, is why I yeah. love gaming, dude. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is what it's about. These are the kind of stories I fucking enjoy hearing. Like, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't have been friends with this guy otherwise. That's how I met a lot of people. Because yeah. they would see me in the back of the bus fucking reading a strategy guide and be like, yo, you... You know about Goldeneye? I'm like, yeah, I know about Goldeneye. Yeah, I've got the golden gun. So, like, wow You can get golden guns? Golden guns? <laughs> like, you know, and then like odd job and shit. Yeah, it yeah, was fucking great. I I, 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 love that shit. But, but you know, it, it was very much undiscovered country. Yeah. At that point, now I do like that. You know, at the same time, that ambiguity of, of of like discovering a game and then learning it in the social space that's mm. kind of gone. That is kind of gone so. the internet all but killed it. And then trophies, again, I like that they point a spotlight on sections of games that you wouldn't have otherwise known, but it's still a very bright, glaring spotlight that everyone can see. Yeah. Whereas back in the day, it was like, you know, like in Ocarina of Time, we always make that example. You wouldn't have known to make that giant sword or all those steps if, yeah. you know, you didn't talk to people or picked up a strategy guide.
1: Yeah. You know?
0: But what an interesting climate. <laughs> I think so, too.
1: And How, how of, things would change For me, it almost happened, like, overnight, too, because, like, like I said, I was that poor gamer for a while where I was still playing my PS2 games and my GameCube games, and I had friends who had, like, um, they had the PlayStation 3, and they were getting these trophies, and I'm like, okay, that's, that's really cool. I can't wait to try that out. Like, I remember one of the ones that I played on my friend's, uh, PS3 was, um, Final Fantasy XIII, and I got pre- I got pretty far in that one on there and then I ended up borrowing it from a friend when I got my own PS3 and I was like okay cool I'm gonna try and platinum this game.
0: Did I remember you replaying that in this
1: and, house? Which is really tragic <laughs> to my life in general because like I had already put like 80 to 100 hours in that game the first time Ugh. and to put another 100 hours into a game that isn't that great like why? Um, but I got like 90 per- 91% completion and the one that was holding me back is like it's this bullshit trophy where you have to hold every item in the game and I was like, I don't want to try and do that. It's horrible, dude. What? Uh, yeah, every item. So it's like every sort of like ether, every potion, all that stuff. And then every weapon as well. It's just like, no, I don't have time for that. I don't really care. Um, so that was something I was really stoked to get And that's onto. a hard trophy to be like proud of. Like, yeah. look what
0: I did in Final Fantasy Thirteen. I, yeah. I spent hundreds of hours <laughs> trying to find every fucking item. The people are like, why did you do that? Yeah, I feel like, like you... That's like me, which I'm glad I haven't done it like 100%ing one of the Dynasty Warriors games like you'd be like you need fucking help dude like you need to put the controller down go outside breathe
1: some real air we need a living intervention stop talking
0: about Lubu for three seconds my dude
1: (laughs) but (sighs) what do you think is going to happen though down the line do you think um, social based gaming like this with trophies um where you can sort of display your achievements to your friends, do you think that's gonna change in any way, or do you think it's gonna kinda of be the same thing and they're just kind of maybe upgraded in a way? I think the only way you
0: can really go up with it is if you give people more incentive to get the trophies besides just having a trophy. Okay. Which, you know, should be a reward in and of itself and because yeah. people could go back to the argument you playing the game should be a reward yeah. in and of itself, rather than getting little incentives yeah. to beat levels, you know? Um, I but I think that that would be like another layer where it's like okay, well, if you get if you have this many trophies, then I mean we're kind of already there. Like we have an overall score in PlayStation. You know, I think I'm at like an 18, and yours would be much higher if you could liquidate or connect to your accounts. Um. Maybe there's more rewards beyond that. I would love to see something like, all right, you you've literally gotten like ten platinums. Here's a ten dollar gift card, my friend. Hmm. <laughs> you know that, be, be cool yeah, to, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool to get that kind of thing. And I think I remember Xbox doing something very similar to it hmm. a while back. And I think it just kind of died off. I don't know what happened. I I remember your gamer score giving you a certain reward, hmm. like a month to month basis. I don't know what happened with that. Uh, if anybody wants to fucking message in at us or something, you know. I'm on Twitter at Kevin Apocalypse,
1: and you are uh, at Daniel Intendu.
0: What?
1: Daniel Intendu. Is it Intendu? Daniel Tendu, but whatever. I say it the way you say it because you always go on and say it that way. I never say Intendu. <laughs> yeah, you do. Say Intendu. All right, well, Daniel Intendu. I say it in my head, Intendu. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, that's that's how it's supposed to be because it's off of Deja tendu. Right, but
0: the, the, you know, we are in a future where. It can get a little overblown. For instance, I remember Morgan was hopping on the uh, Xbox One to like mm-hmm. watch some Netflix. She watched five episodes of the show, and an achievement fucking popped up. That happens? Yeah. Holy shit. For Netflix? At hey. that point, it's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get out of here with this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you downloaded
1: the YouTube app, Get a Trophy. <laughs>
0: yeah. i like, yeah, I think you're missing the point of why we like them. Yeah. I mean, you know? like Then, at that point, it really is an empty calorie food, yeah. where you're popping a Pringle at that point, you know? Yeah. I want a meal, my friend. Hmm.
1: So overall, would you say that trophies really enrich and uh, cause great replay value in games? Okay,
0: so if to you if you don't like them, literally just ignore them. Yeah. They're not hurting you in any way. No, they're just kind of And there. you don't need to go out of your way to 100% a game for that reason. You don't. They don't hurt you. But I really do feel like they add a metagame to it. There is an extra game to your game where, hey, now I'm going to go and do the game in professional or I'm going to use only one weapon the entire campaign just because I want to challenge myself that mm-hmm. way and, and there is a reward that I can show other people I did this hmm. and I think that's cool there was nothing wrong with that idea I enjoy that idea and I, does it enrich the game beyond what was actually coded into the game that's really in the eye of the beholder that's true, I guess it's very subjective yeah, point. it's very subjective if you feel like you get more out of a game because you went through and did every difficulty yeah. and got trophies for it awesome, man that's that's totally you that's Hmm. what it is it's all about it's a game and think of it this way you know how you play cops and robbers and you know is up to you who's the cop and who's the robber it's the same thing it's all subjective it's like okay what am i getting out of this and how do i want to play it there Hmm. you go
1: except now we have you know extra incentive (laughs) how do you feel how do I feel? Do they enrich the game past the initial experience? Yeah. Yes and no.
0: Okay.
1: It really depends um, because like, I don't know, some of the trophies are, they're bullshit trophies, but some right. of them really do. Some like, of them are lazy. You, yes. Some of them are very lazy, like Telltale trophies or, um, I don't know, Uncharted trophies where it's like, okay, get 25 kills with the AK-47, get 10 kills with the Rocket Launcher. Cool. Like those are, you're going to get those anyway, but they're they're super lazy. They're just like, okay, play the game. But, um, it, in a in a climate where right now there are so many games coming out, and we really do need to stay ahead of the curb and play everything that's out there, I think trophies give us a reason to come back and replay them in ways that we wouldn't before. Whereas when we were younger, we didn't have much going on. We just you know we'd wake up, go to school, come home, and game mm-hmm. in between homework, you know whatever it is, and we and masturbate. Yeah, well yeah, when you were budding into that sort of life, um, but yeah, back oh, in the day, like enough. I had no, I had nothing but reasons to replay games, and now I need reasons to because I have a lot more going on. So, do you? I do. No, I don't no, <laughs> like, get I was like, what are you doing? Do you? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's a yes and a no, and it's also however you want to take it, because if you're not into the trophy thing at all, then it doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah, you can just outright ignore them. So. It's fine. But, you know, don't, don't try to rain on someone's parade like they do enjoy getting trophies, you know? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm fucking nuts about doing it, but I do enjoy, especially if it's a game I really like, I'm like, you know what? yeah, there's more gameplay I can get out of it mm-hmm. because there's a separate list of challenges that I can accomplish. That's fucking cool. How is that any different if it was built into the game, you know? Yeah. Where it's like the game challenged you to get 25 headshots. Yeah. How is that any different? I'm just getting a
1: punk on yeah. my
0: screen instead.
1: I think one of the cooler ones that um, I saw in recent years was on the 1.5 HD remix for Kingdom Hearts, where back in the day, like if you got the Ultima weapon or the... The, like, the Ultimate Keyblade, whatever it was called, or um, yeah. you fought Sephiroth, or the optional bosses. Like, that was something that you could tell your friends you did, and now you can easily show them, like, hey, I beat that Ice Titan. I beat Sephiroth. Here's a trophy for it. Yeah. So, like, now, like, you know, for secret bosses and stuff like that, there is a cooler way to show your friends now. Um, I think that's kind of cool. And you're always, you're stalking my trophy list. I am. I stalk everybody's trophy <laughs> list. I'm like, okay, what did you get? Yeah. What did you get? Um, And then I, I've, I've come across a few people who have, like, ridiculous trophy list but it's just because okay they literally just put in a game and played it once and they have like I was going to talk about that yeah.
0: there, there's this kind of voyeuristic aspect to it especially <laughs> like you know one, it's one thing to have your own trophies but with the ability to see other people's trophies yeah. you get to see their playing habits yeah. which is a little weird, but really fascinating. It's interesting. and I mean, game developers already have this data already. They're, they're heat mapping games, yeah. as is to see where you go in levels, what you do. They have more intricate information than what we get. Yeah. I love the fact that they put trophy percentages on, on PS4, yes. where you can literally see, like, okay, of the... Let's say a hundred percent of the people that own this, only like two point three percent decided to go after this trophy. And I love seeing that. It it's always the same metric. Yeah. Where there's a fucking huge decline in people actually going toward the end game. Yeah. And it's crazy to see uh, like some trophies and like Dark Souls was the most interesting example some people don't even get past the first fucking boss and yet they have the game
1: I I think actually the opposite with that one because the sort of people who are playing Dark Souls those are the ones who really know what they're getting into and they want to challenge themselves so I feel like from the amount of people who actually put that game in their Playstation 4 and got the trophy list downloaded a lot more people with that one percent wise have like done more in that game because those are the people who are willing to challenge themselves right if
0: if people yeah that was what the the information that they were showing or the data they were showing mm. was that if you got past the first boss you were like 80 percent more likely to get to the end game yeah because like you were into it yeah. you're invested after that and then some people are just completely dissuaded at that yeah. first boss like i hate this and, you know <laughs> which was me with demon souls when i originally played mm. it i died on the not even a boss dude i died on like a fucking a glass joke. oh my god comes up swipes me down and i was like Fuck this! <laughs> I'm done. I don't like games, <laughs> but you know I'm glad I went back because that series is fucking amazing. It is. Um, but yeah, that
1: was that was. It's it's always good chatting with you, Daniel. You as well, Kevin. I do I do appreciate. It. We got a good dialogue going yeah, here. about Yeah, I games. like looking at your face. Yeah, I mostly do I, I like want to get it.
0: into your face. Uh, one thing I want to point out for you listeners at home, we're gonna end up uh, end on this is that we're dressed exactly the same. We're both wearing khaki shorts and yeah. blue. Uh, actually, Heather, Heather Blue. Heather <laughs> Blue t-shirt. <laughs> it's ridiculous. This was not coordinated. No. It fucking happens. Yeah. I wish...
1: We needed to get, like, a picture and post it with the <laughs> We actually had a picture once where we were wearing almost similar outfits. We were, like, wearing I was wearing, the wearing same a, shirt. this PBR Mega Man shirt, the Light Blue Bomber, and you were wearing, like... A what? shirt
0: that I came up with, by the way. You can find it in glitchgear.com. Oh, shit.
1: <laughs> you were wearing the updated version of it, and yeah. I was wearing this old, like, Heather version of it. And we were both wearing khakis, and, like, we yeah. came out... And we looked at each other up and down we just laughed because we're like, oh my God, we're wearing the same fucking outfit. (laughs) As lovers do. Yeah. All right, guys. I've been Kevin. And I'm Daniel. And this has been The Save Room.
0: Always remember the save your game. Thanks for listening.